Who likes that song? That's pretty cool. I picked it for the, for the sermon bumper. Just. Um, let's pray. Father, you're so good. Thank you for your peace. Lord Jesus, the peace and joy that you give us. It's not based on circumstances or our feelings or our emotions. It's based upon who you are, our defender. God, I pray for all of us in this room and watching online that uh, you'd grow our faith today. Lord, we've been celebrating who you are. We want to grow in the grace and knowledge of who you are. Thank you for the scriptures that lead and guide us to a deeper understanding of you. I pray that you would truly be the teacher this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name's Scott. I have the privilege of pastoring here at Novation as well as teaching this morning. Um, what do you think of when you hear the word angel? What comes to mind? It's blurted out. Baseball. Yeah. Baseball, like the Los Angeles Angels? Angels in the outfield. Uh, what about touched by an angel? Just call me angel of the morning. Whatever. That's why I don't sing up here. Uh, somebody cracked up. I like that. Um, you know, angels in, in a lot of ways, like what Steve said, I googled the word angel. I just wrote angel. And the first two pages were all about the Los Angeles Angels baseball team. Nothing to do with, with, with the Bible or Scripture or anything. I think angels tend to, be, tend to be relegated to like children's stories or mythology. And yet, angels are all over the Scripture. Speaking of angels, there was a, a woman who was walking down the street. And uh, she heard a voice yell to her, Stop! If you take one more step, you'll be killed. And she stopped, and sure enough, a brick that would have crushed her landed right in her path. And then a minute or two after that, she was getting ready to cross the street when the same voice shouted, Halt! Don't cross the street now. And the moment, in that moment, an out-of-control vehicle that ran a red light would have just drilled her had she not stopped. So by this time, she's shaking. All this weird close-call stuff. And she says, asks, who are you? And the voice replies, well, I'm your guardian angel. And, and she said, my guardian angel? Well, in that case, you've got some explaining to do. And the angel said, okay, what do you want to know? And the woman said, well, first of all, where were you on my wedding day? <laughs> Bro, that's what that feels like. <laughs> they usually treat me better. I don't know, man. Dunk tank, here we go. Uh, poor lady. Now, the good thing, truth, is we're not left to ourselves. We have the scriptures that guide us in, in our understanding. So we're in a series called Let There Be Light, where we've been looking at this conflict between light and darkness, the spiritual conflict, this unseen conflict that we can't see with our physical eye. But in, our, in the spirit world, there is a conflict. And every week we're highlighting the victory of Jesus. 
Jesus overcame the darkness. He is the light of the world. And he, he made a promise to each of us, whoever follows him will never walk in the darkness. He is the light of the world. There's a, there's a transcendent, unseen realm that we have to be aware of. We really do. There's an unseen battle, conflict, that we can't afford to be ignorant of. And the older I get and the, the, the more, longer I follow Jesus, the more I realize how true that is. And that we kind of, in the West, we're, we're our modern mindset, since it's, we're talking about this unseen spiritual world, we tend to kind of give lip service to it. Yet our very faith is built on supernatural, the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus. Our faith is built upon that. So there's no wonder that there is a, a spiritual world that we need to be aware of and that Jesus was very aware of. So each week in this series, we're trying to answer, ask a question and answer a question. The first week, we said, why is there darkness? If, if God is light and in Him there is no darkness, why is there darkness? We answered that question. We answered the question of who's in charge. When you look around this world and we see the chaos and the stuff that's perpetuated, you start wondering, well, who is in charge? Jesus is in charge. We know that. And when he comes again, he's going to set all things straight and set all things right. Right now, we're in a battle in a war that's already been won. And then last week, we talked about who or what is Satan, Jesus' victory over the kingdom of darkness. And today we're going to talk about who are the angels. As I was preparing all this, I thought, you know, a message on God's servants as his angels, I'd never heard a message before. I, Darcy was telling me he heard one just recently, but not very many people have ever heard a message about angels, and yet angels are a big, big part of the Bible. And, and so I think it's important for us to understand that. Psalm 148, verse 2, praise him all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. So let's start with this question. Who, who are the angels? Angels are created beings. God created these supernatural, transcendent, uh, divine, heavenly beings. He created them. And they're also known in, in other ways in Scripture. They're also known as sons of God. Now, there is only one unique, eternal Son of God, and that's Jesus. But I'm a son of God. You're a son or daughter of God. And he's not ashamed to, to call us that. Um, but he also calls this heavenly, these heavenly beings sons of God. He, he calls them, they're called holy ones, ministering spirits, watchers, thrones, powers, dominions, principalities, authorities. And there seems to be a hierarchy within the angels. You know, there's some Christian tradition have this nine tier, three sets of, of the hierarchy of the angels. I don't know if you can find that in scripture, but it seems like you have archangels, which the only named one is Michael, Michael the archangel in both the Old Testament and New Testament. We're told that when Jesus returns, there's going to be the shout, the voice of the archangel when Jesus returns. So you have archangels, then you have angels. We're going to talk what that means, but Gabriel, for example, he's, he's a, he was a messenger of God. And then you have um, cherubim, 
which guarded the, the Garden of Eden. We see that. And then seraphim. Seraphim are found in Isaiah chapter 6. It's the only reference to seraphim. But they're around the throne of God crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So when you read in the Old Testament, please take note of this. When you read in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, it can be confusing. Is it an, a created angel or is it something different? Well, it is something different. Most Bible scholars and teachers and interpret, interpreters of, of the Hebrew Scriptures see the angel of the Lord as a pre-incarnation visitation of Jesus to, to, to the earth. And, the, and without getting too far into the weeds, the, the, the Hebrew understanding, you can see the Trinity in the Hebrew mind even in the Old Testament of understanding the nature of God. One God, three persons. So, moving along. They're God's heavenly family. They are God's heavenly family. We talked about this in week one. God created this heavenly family before he creates Adam and Eve. He created these divine beings to be part of his family, created to be with God, to co-steward his creation with him. Job says that, that the, the sons of God, the angels, you know, were blown away when God was creating the world and the earth and setting the oceans where it was supposed to be. And Genesis 1.1, something interesting, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Well, in, in the Hebrew, the word for heavens obviously means, um, it means the stars, the moon, the solar system, the universe. But in the Hebrew, it also means the heavenly beings. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the heavenly beings. They are also worshipers of God. If you're taking notes, they're worshipers of God. Revelation 5, 11, and 12, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, in a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So we get this picture of the angels around the throne of Jesus giving Him glory and honor. Which led me to think about this. Often we get this idea that, and I hear people say it, like well, when somebody dies, you know, they get to become an angel. And it's just not true. That's, that's not good theology. You don't become an angel when you die. Angels are one part of God's created beings. Humanity, they were separate. We don't become angels. We don't play a harp and get our angel wing. And, and all of that, that's always depicted, right? That's why a lot of people think heaven's going to be boring because we're just going to be in this long worship service forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And you think, whoa, I mean, I like worship, but what else are we going to do? And the reality is, we as humans are going, when Jesus recreates the hev new heavens and the new earth, we are going to live on the earth. We're going to have, um, we're going to have jobs. We're going to have things that he calls us to do as we co-steward his creation with the heavenly, the heavenly beings as, as well. They're doing their job, we do our job. But we don't become angels. Don't ever forget that. They are also warriors. We have Angels who are warriors in the spiritual realm. 
And it says in, in Re- Revelation 12 gives us this picture of what happened in eternity past um, before Satan and a third of the angels fell. It says, now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So you see this Michael, the archangel, and the good angels fighting back the enemy and his angels. Another thing about the angels is they are messengers. That's what the word angel literally means, is messengers. They're they're messengers of God. You think about uh, the angel Gabriel. He brings a message to Daniel in in the the Old Testament, Daniel 8 and chapter 9. He comes and brings a message from God. And then obviously in Luke chapter 1, right, he comes to Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. And he tells them that in their old age, they are going to conceive a child, name him John, and he's going to be the forerunner to set the stage for Jesus. And then Gabriel visits Mary, right? The whole Christmas story that everybody is familiar with. He comes and brings that message. So that's just a snippet backdrop of understanding who the angels are. What do they do? Let's talk about that. What do they do? First of all, they protect. They protect us. Now, we have the Holy Spirit with us 24-7. When you're in Christ, he's, he's, we become the temple of, of God. We become the temple of the Spirit. But who knows? You know, that joke that I told about the lady and her, and her guardian angel, who knows where God has allowed an angel to protect you and I from something? It's an unseen world, and there's some things and stories that people talk about that it's, it is uh, transcendent. It's, it feels supernatural. It says in Psalm 91.11, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. So they protect. Then they also direct. They're part of God giving directions. If you remember in Matthew chapter 2, when Herod gives the edict to kill all the firstborn sons, and the angel comes to Joseph And he says, get up and go to Egypt for a little while. He was directed by an angel to do that. We blow by those stories because none of us have ever seen an angel. And if you have, let's talk. (laughs) But if, you know, none of us have seen. So we don't, we kind of tend to just go, eh, really? Was it an angel? Are angels still active? They are. If they were active then, they're active now. And then a cool thing as well is that they, they minister They attend. They serve as you would a a friend. Jesus certainly experienced this. Matthew chapter 4, after his temptation in the wilderness, after Satan fleed, after Jesus overcame him, says the angels ministered to him. And then when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, agonizing about the cross and what he was going to go through, it says angels attended to him, ministered to him served him. And I I heard a pastor years and years ago. I don't know when there was like a big craze about angels and TV shows and songs. Maybe that craze is still going. But he was like, you know, 
people are like, man, if I had an angel appear to me, you know, and he's like, I don't need an angel to appear to me. I, I communed with the one who created the angels this morning in the person of Jesus. And I don't disagree with him at all. Um, Jesus is the creator. He created all the angels. He's the creator and sustainer of all things. And I get where he was, he was going with that. We can get kind of enthralled with angels or the, you know, the transcendent world. We want to keep, the enemy would love to get our eyes off of Jesus, whatever he can do to get our eyes off of Jesus. So Jesus, first and foremost, but understanding who the angels are and, and what they do, um, I think is important. So let's ask the question, why does it even matter? Scott, why does it matter to us today to understand angels? Well, I would say the very first thing that came to my mind was because of their example of faithful obedience. Their example of faithful obedience. Psalm 103, verse 19 through 22. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, you His servants who do His will. Praise the Lord, all His works everywhere in His dominion. Why is that important? Well, think about what Jesus said when he was teaching his disciples how to pray. He said, pray to the Father and say, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is always done in heaven. The angels always obey God. The heavenly hosts always are putting into practice what God says to do. They always do his will. Therefore, we to pray just like his will is done in heaven because those good angels obey the Lord. Now, obviously, we have to keep in mind that somewhere in eternity past, a third of those angels chose to disobey God and to fall. And they were, their punishment was they were kicked out of heaven and sent to earth. Thus, the battle begins. And that conflict in the powers and principalities that Paul talks about, we're still wrestling against. Now, Jesus is victorious over the darkness. Um, when you're walking in Christ, we're walking in the light. There's still a battle going on. Second reason that why it matters is because we are and will be a family of worshipers together forever. Isn't that interesting? The angels are around the throne of Jesus worshiping him, and we, we're going to be part of that as well. That's very interesting to me. We get a picture of that in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. We worship Jesus they worship Jesus. We were created by Jesus. They were created by Jesus. Angels are, are, we were created, like Psalm 8 says, a little lower than the angels. But it's interesting, God's unique, special relationship with humans. What caused Satan to fall was he was jealous of God's special relationship with humanity. He, he was jealous of that. 
And that's where this whole conflict came into being. But we're worshipers together. In the new heavens and the new earth, we are going to uh, co-steward creation. And then lastly, because of our future. It matters because of our future, the future. Jesus didn't become an angel. And he didn't come and, and redeem the fallen angels. He came to redeem us, humans. He, the Creator became one of us. He didn't become an angel. Don't forget that in the, the uniqueness of our relationship to God. And in Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 21, you maybe have read this before, but if it didn't jump out and, and blow your mind, then maybe you read it too fast. Look what it says. Jesus says this, the one who conquers, I will grant him or her to sit with me on my throne. Did you catch that? What's he saying? He's going to share his throne with the one who conquers. That blows my mind. He goes on to say, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Now, that's not about our, God having a list of, well, Scott, Scott conquered this, conquered this. Oh, didn't conquer that. It's not a, a, a checks and balance system. He conquered. The one who conquers, you and I conquer when we put our faith in Jesus, when our faith is in the one who conquered. Paul says in Romans 8 that we're more than conquerors because of Christ, more than conquerors. So as a, as a, Jesus shares everything with us, you are a co-heir of Christ, with Christ. All that the Father has given him, Jesus says, I'm going to share it with you guys. I'm going to share it with my family. His very throne, like that just parts my hair, my good old gray hair just, just goes right over our heads because we, we see it and it's, that's too good to be true. Why would he do that? Why would he share his throne with me? Doesn't he know what a, a jerk I can be sometimes? Doesn't he know all my failures? Yeah. He loves me anyway. And he's growing us and he's changing us and he's helping us to realize what he's already done. And then regarding the future, there's a very, very strange couple verses that sort of connect some dots a little bit when Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. He's t- talking to them about don't take each other as believers to court. Don't take to a secular court. Don't take each other and try to settle your law disputes. Do that amongst yourselves. He says, when, when one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge the angels? How much more then pertaining than matters pertaining to this life? We're going to judge the angels. You ever thought about that? What in the world? (laughs) Anybody ever thought about that? Heard a sermon on judging the angels? (laughs) Uh, not, no hands are going up if you're watching online. There's something to all of this connected together in the future that 
has been written down for us that we need to try to interpret and understand. It changes the way you see life. It changes the way you live your life. There is a, you know, when we see judgment in the Scripture seems to be all God's job, right? And yet he says we are going to somehow judge the angels. I don't have an answer for you on what that exactly means. I'm, I'm trying to mine the Scriptures to understand a little bit more. But there's, there's something in the future as co-heirs, co-reigning with Christ that we, we play a place in. It's how much, you know, what he's done for us. Now, let me give you, we're going to go into communion in just a minute. Let me give you a couple closing cautions about angels that I was thinking about. If an angel ever showed up to you, don't worship the angel, right? We're not to worship angels. God himself is the only one we worship. The angels were created by God to worship and, and co-steward creation just like we were. We never worship an angel. You see in the book of Revelation, when the apostle John saw an angel, and he saw this angel in this transcendent divine being, he fell on his face in worship. And if you remember what the angel said, get up, I'm a created being just like you, worship God. I like that. Second thing Paul talks about is, he said, if anyone, if even an angel comes to you and shares something other than the gospel that I gave you, then push it away. So even if you had an angel show up, if it's going against who Jesus is, what he, who he is, and what he's done, don't entertain it. That's just right from the New Testament. Will you stand with me? And if you didn't get communion, just raise your hand and we'll get some to you if you came in and weren't able to. So yeah, there's some hands going up. Keep your hand up, we'll get you communion. It's strange, I've never taught a sermon on the angels. I've probably preached close to a thousand sermons in my life. And this is the very first time. And it was something that I've been meditating on a lot because you see it how it all ties together angels were active in the book of acts you know miracles things that happen with peter getting out of jail and all of that but the most important thing is not angels it's not the unseen world it's jesus he's the supreme creator redeemer and sustainer of all things all things hold together by Him being the Word of God, the Son of God. And the Son of God became human. He came into our very broken, fallen world, went into the depths of our brokenness, submitted Himself unto death to rise again three days later, to undo all that the fall of Adam did, and to disarm the depravity that was introduced into the world, you know, by the fallen evil world and all that happened from that. We have a Redeemer who sits on His throne, but He also came as the Lamb, right? And He loves us. He loves you. For God so loved the world He gave Jesus. He's the victor, He's victorious. And like I often say, I'm with him. If someone, if a man can predict his death 
and say three days later he's going to rise again and he does it, I'm going with whatever he says. That's what we do here. We go with whatever he says. And maybe as we go into communion this, this morning, just before we take the elements, just for a moment, just close your eyes with me. And just meditate on his love for you. Give him all your worries, all your failures, struggles, fears, doubts. Just lay it at his feet. told in the scriptures to examine our hearts every time we take communion. Lord, I don't want any part of my heart, we don't want any part of our hearts closed off to you. Thank you for your gentle conviction to steer us in the right direction, Lord, that when we follow you, we won't walk in the darkness. We trust you, Jesus. Put our faith and hope in you. We want to we change our thinking about life. See life through you. get the the bread on the night he was betrayed Jesus was with his disciples and he lifted bread up to heaven and he, he blessed it and he told his disciples to take and eat and do it in remembrance of his body that was going to be broken for them and for us let's take the bread told in the same way after supper Jesus took a cup of wine and he lifted it to heaven and he blessed it and he said this cup represents the blood my blood of the new covenant the sacrifice to end all sacrifices the new covenant the eternal covenant between the father and the son through the spirit We don't have to wonder whether God loves us. We know when we look at that cross how much he loves each one of us. If God did not spare his own son, how will he not freely give us all things? Romans 8. Let's take the cup. Let's sing about the victory of Jesus.
kingdom of light in the kingdom of light forever under your dominion you're the king of my life you're the king of my life you reign above it all you reign above it all over the universe and over every heart there is no higher name Jesus you reign above it all and on the cross the work was finished God you poured out your life just to give us new life and from the lips the forgiven hear an anthem arise cause Jesus you're alive you reign above it all you reign above it all over the universe and over every heart there is no higher name Jesus you Father, 
be nurtured this week. May you walk in the health and blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.